a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources today. Uh, as promised, we're going to take a little journey here today. We're going to look at some lessons from the land of the rising sun and the sunny side of America. Uh, really interesting. A couple of years ago, uh, I was in Japan. Uh, was the uh, G20 Interfaith Forum, and I had the opportunity to have this uh, meeting with the. He was then the associate editor editor uh, of the Asahi Shimbun, the Morning Sun newspaper. Uh, and uh, great guy Yoshi uh, was just a, a delight. He was the perfect host uh, while I was there in Japan. Uh, and I went into the meeting, you know, figuring we'd have a lot of conversation centered around American politics, uh, the divisive nature of all the current battles in Washington, D.C., uh, all the challenges that news organizations uh, were facing around the world in a digital space. And, of course, I, I personally love uh, Japan for so many reasons. The Japanese people and culture, a uh, big part uh, of my world. And uh, I was hoping I could sneak in a few moments to, you know, kind of extend a little bit of that learning from Japan. Uh, really interesting. Uh, the lesson that emerged from this conversation uh, with the associate editor of the foreign news uh, for the Asahi Shimbun was actually about what he called the sunny side of America. So uh, so I want you to visualize this a little bit. We were sitting in uh, typical Tokyo traffic, uh, which, you know, we will never complain about uh, I-15 uh, if you've been through the uh, traffic jams of, of Tokyo. Uh, we'd gone to the uh, a tour of the Asahi uh, News offices. Uh, he'd prepped me. Uh, we did get the barrage of, of questions about elections and U.S. senators and all of those kinds of policy things. Uh, but then we kind of settled back in, and, and we were kind of going back and forth, and, and I was just so impressed. Uh, he was so smart. Uh, and as we continued this conversation, at one point, uh, he, he leans back, takes this deep breath, and he says, I need to tell you a story. I'm like, oh, this will be cool. This will be a great, you know, story from Japan or Japanese history. Uh, so I kind of leaned in and all ready to listen to this. And and uh, Yoshiaki explained that 25 years ago, as a very young guy, he, he traveled from Japan to the United States. And he decided that he wanted to experience the whole country, the whole breadth of the United States. So he was going to drive from Los Angeles to New York. And he described how as he was uh, driving along in his rental car, uh, enjoying the beauties of America, his vehicle suddenly broke down. And he said, my car died just outside of St. George, Utah. He says, do you know St. George, Utah? <laughs> Obviously, uh, I knew a few things about St. George, Utah. 
he he described that how within just minutes of his car breaking down, uh, there were people at the side of the road, amazingly, to help him. They contacted a friend who <laughs> who towed the car to the garage. He knew a mechanic uh, who was confident he could fix the problem. And then while the mechanic worked on the car, uh, these people took Yoshiaki to lunch. They took him on a tour of St. George. And then once the car was fixed, uh, no one would accept payment for anything. And they sent him on his way. And Yoshiaki, he just had this look in his eyes of, I just, I could not believe this. And it was really interesting. It obviously had touched him uh, very deeply. And so he said, he said, you know, the people of Utah represent the sunny side of America. And I, of course, took a little bit of Utah pride uh, in what a small group of citizens had done, you know, 25 years ago for a young Japanese traveler far from home. But I was I was really amazed at how deeply it had impacted Yoshiaki. Uh, he told the story with such passion, with such gratitude, with such clarity. Uh, it was really like the experience had just happened last weekend. And then what just when I thought the lesson was done, I thought, okay, that's that's a nice touch. He called he called Utah the sunny side of America. And from the land of the rising sun, that's that's a good that's a good connection. Uh, at that point, Yoshiaki pulled out his cell phone to show me a picture of his fifteen year old son. His fifteen year old son, great teenage Japanese student whose name is Utah. Uh, Japanese phonetic is uh, Y-U-T-A, but it's Utah. So believe it or not, there is a teenager in Tokyo named Utah, which I thought was just fantastic. Uh, He did that to, to honor the sunny side of America, this place that showed his dad... Uh, what it means to serve, what it means to uplift, what it means to actually make a difference. Uh, so, of course, that got me uh, that got me thinking just a little bit. And, you know, I, I remember that after uh, we finished our interaction with the Asahi newspaper, uh, we went through, you know, all kinds of things there. It, it is a massive plant. It is uh, an amazing operation. And it just made me think uh, just a little bit more uh, about, the rising sun of Japan, the sunny side of America here in Utah. And Utah is a, a place where I think we have this interesting thing. We have social capital. We have social capital that is amassed and spent in so many different ways. Uh, it made me think of a, an interaction I had with Washington Post columnist, uh, Megan McArdle. Uh, she, she wrote several years ago for Bloomberg that Utah is one of the few places where the American dream is still alive and well. And it made me reflect back on the first time she came to Utah. Uh, and I happened to get to host her. And she, uh, she went around and met with uh, different organizations and volunteer groups and churches and universities. Uh, and I remember she came back and she said she kind of felt like she'd been cruising around with Tocqueville for a couple of days. Uh, but it had less, left a lasting mark on her as well. Uh, and so this interesting thing of looking at where we are, and yes, we have challenges, we have problems, we have issues, we have things we need to deal with, overcome, talk about, have really crucial, uncomfortable conversations about. We have all of that. 
and and I think we have more because I think we do live in a place that is pretty unique. And I think all of that can be encapsulated uh, in the influence, uh, the influence of a morning sun, the power of the rising sun, and I think the impact of the sunny side of America, <laughs> the civil society we have here right in the state of Utah. And so as we look at uh, where we've been today, as we've gone around and the, looked at the challenges and the issues of the day, there, there are plenty. We have a lot we need to work on. There's a lot we need to do better on. Uh, we need to see each other more deeply. We need to understand and listen better. Uh, and we need to recognize above everything else that as a nation, we should be differentiated, but not divided. Differentiated, but not divided. Valuing the differences is what leads us to the sunny side of America and a rising sun and a really bright future for all of us here in the state of Utah for the rest of the country. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Jeff Kaplan is next. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.